Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Thank you for, once again, tuning in to listen to us sound like idiots. As always. (laughs) All right. So before we get started, we're going to quickly roll through some very important business. Uh, First order of business. We've been receiving a lot of shit from um, these people we like to call our parents. Because apparently we had episodes air on their birthdays and we didn't wish them happy birthdays, even though we recorded the episodes weeks in advance. But um, we should have known that we were airing on their birthdays and we should have told them happy birthday. So uh, at risk of pissing them off again, uh, we would like to start by wishing our very wonderful, loving parents a happy anniversary. This episode is going to air on August 24th, 2022. Their anniversary is on August 28th. And it will be 29 years. 29 years. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. You're so cool. So in love. Don't want to be disappointments again, so. There it is. There's your anniversary shout out. Also, happy late birthday to you both. July 27th is mom's. August 2nd is dad's. Happy belated birthday. We're so sorry we dropped the ball. It will never happen again. It'll probably happen again. (laughs) It probably will, though. Let's be honest. We've been disappointing you for years, so it's fine. All right. Anyway. Moving on to other important business that actually pertains to our podcast. Patreon members. Um, patrons, if you will. I really just would prefer to call you Patreons, but I don't think that that's proper. I like it better, though. I do, too. We also wrote a little jingle. We're not going to bother you with our singing. <laughs> it was a good one, though. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this week we have... Drum roll, please. Two new Patreon members. Woohoo! Whoop, 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 whoop. So, joining us in our $5 tier of the Moderately Wicked, we have Justice Dan. Whoop, whoop, Justice Dan. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You the best. You the, you the best. You the, you the best. Best we ever had. All right, and then joining us at our top level $10 a month for the high rollers, the extraordinarily wicked, we have Christine Scherhammer. Whoop, 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 We didn't tell them their weights this time. Well, I didn't know that might offend some people. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's what we got. So, for those of you that don't know, Justice Dan is our beautiful cousin, and Christine Scherhammer is Ashley's mother-in-law. So, our Patreons are still our whole family, but that's fine. Whatever, they support us. That's all we care for. Uh, speaking of Ashley, how do they find our Patreon? Um, I don't know. What's our website? Uh, our website would happen to be www.patreon.com dot com forward slash weekly dose of wicked or you can just go to patreon.com you can search weekly dose of wicked and we now show up on page 15 if you search true crime that's a big improvement we started to page 23 so we are moving on up moving on up moving on up you need to follow us on instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked we post awesomely wicked content Every week. Yes, yes, we do. Related to our episodes. Another thing that we really need. We really need some ratings and reviews. We currently are now up to 14 five-star ratings. So that's fantastic. Uh, We currently have five, no, four written reviews. But we want, how many did you say we have? Five? We want ten. No, we only have four. Oh, we want eight. (laughs) (laughs) We want to double it. So come on, let us double it. We want hundreds. Okay, but let's start out with a small goal of eight. Okay, sounds good. Short term. Uh, what else? If you, yeah, so if you like us, leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Tell us how much you love us. Moving right along here. Uh, next order of business. We would like to apologize profusely. Yes, we're so sorry. Because we made this really foolish decision. A bad one. 
Yeah, it was a bad one. We added some ads to our episodes. Um, at the time, we thought it was a good idea because, you know, obviously, like, we want to make money off of our podcast so that we can pay for the podcast since we currently pay for everything out of pocket. Yeah. Anyway, we wanted to, you know, try and monetize our podcast. Um, we added some ads that we were eligible for. They were trash. Okay. The No, the ads weren't trash. The ads were not trash. The placement of them are trash. The the placement of them was trash and also the way that they were the way that they were introduced. Like it played music over our voices. Anyway, they were only up for a day. We literally made 92 cents off of them. I took them down pretty much immediately. I was like, Ashley, listen to this trash and tell me if we should keep them. And we both agreed. It was not worth jeopardizing the integrity. The integrity of our podcast for 92 cents a day. Not worth it at all. So in the long run, um, we do assure you that if and when, I mean, really if, because I don't know what our plan is as far as ads and sponsorships, but if we do add any ads to our podcast, it will be brands that we believe in, we use ourselves, we think is fun. I mean, whatever. It won't just be random ads and we will do them ourselves. We won't let them cut us off in the middle of our speaking because that was ridiculous. I was like mid sentence and it just bloop. It was like, da, 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 da. like, what in the heck was that? So we apologize. Won't happen again. So if you're one of the few people, I mean, honestly, it was very few people that heard them. 66 downloads. So 66 people possibly. But honestly, 10 of those were probably me. And one of them was me. <laughs> because I, I was listening. Like, where are these ads? I listened to every episode with the ads. So I mean, whatever. If you were one of that, those handful of people, I apologize. That's not a few. That's 66 people minus the 15 that were medium. Okay, but so fifty-one. That is a few people, Ashley, because oh, because there were like five an episode, right? Yes, it was like multiple per episode. I don't know. I don't exactly know how it worked. Regardless, whoever listened to them, I'm sorry. I don't care how many people it was. I don't care if it was one person. If it was fifty people, I'm sorry. It will not happen again. Uh, Ashley, next order of business. You have exciting news. Yes, yeah, since last week, I have been inducted into the morbid Facebook group. After years of trying to get in, I'm finally in. So thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last order of business. Um, again, we don't want to get political on our podcast, but it's pumpkin season, guys. So let me tell you all of the dates of pumpkin, because we live for pumpkin. So as we told you last week, Krispy Kreme released. Um, today, we are recording on August 17th. And that is the first official day of Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin. It's a lie. I got I got a coffee yesterday. They had them, so Dunkin' is full of crap. Okay, well, their first official day is today. Can I just suggest, though, go get yourself a nutty pumpkin and a side of maple snacking bacon. Chef's kiss. Yes. Freaking delicious. I'll have to go tomorrow. Nutty pumpkin. It's pumpkin with hazelnut. That sounds delicious. It was so good. I've had two. Of course. I had one yesterday <laughs> and one today. I'm really upset you didn't tell me. Okay, continue. Starbucks, um, the top tier pumpkin. They have not officially given us a date yet, but rumor has it it's going to be August 30th. Every year it's the last week of August, so it makes sense. As much as I don't go to Starbucks ever, I only go during pumpkin spice latte season. So Much better than Dunkin'. However, I do go to Dunkin' in the two weeks before Starbucks releases. Dairy Queen, they are... Releasing their pumpkin pie blizzard on August 29th. 7 Eleven, they have released their pumpkin spice latte. They released it on August 5th, so I believe they were the first people to release. Again, I will never buy a pumpkin spice latte at a gas station. It's not going to happen. Okay, try 7 Eleven. Um, it's no Starbucks, it's no Dunkin', but it'll do when you haven't had pumpkin in months and they're the first ones to release. Yeah, I don't agree. Okay, continue. Moving on. Oh, back to Dunkin'. Are they, do they have their apple cranberry? refresher i gotta tell you i was so excited about the uh nutty pumpkin i didn't even check but they probably do it's part of their fall menu so you know how much we love those apple cranberry refreshers i love them i'm obsessed i'm gonna have to buy like 27 <laughs> the next time i go <laughs> just so i have them yeah because i haven't in months last season we bought one like at least every single friday we were together yes every at least once. sometimes we went twice on friday i think that one time we went three times I think we did, too. I think we went to go get your wedding dress. Or no, bridesmaids dresses. Bridesmaids dresses. Me, you, and Taylor. We yes. definitely went multiple times for apple cranberry refreshers. Yes. Because they're amazing. I don't know. I didn't pay attention. Where's my phone? We'll have to look that up. Um, for our beer drinkers, Camila Adams has released their pumpkin beer. 
They have Jacko and Oktoberfest, and they also have a sweater weather variety pack, which is Oktoberfest, Jacko, Fest Beer, and the Boston Lager. Yes, I'm very excited for pumpkin beers as well. The only thing better than pumpkin spice lattes is pumpkin-flavored beer. <laughs> yes. Um, Oreo has released pumpkin Oreos August 15th. Swiss Miss has released their pumpkin. It should be in stores near you soon. Cheerios has their pumpkin spice flavor. Should be in stores near you soon. They're on the truck. Cup of Noodles has released their pumpkin noodles. <laughs> That's freaking disgusting. I mean, I'm going to try anything pumpkin, so if I see them in the store, I'm going to buy them, but yeah, that does sound disgusting. Ashley, that's disgusting. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no freaking way. Um, Jello has released their pumpkin. It should be in stores near you soon. All of these are just like on the trucks. They're coming out. And Sierra's favorite, Pumpkin Delights. Yes, they're my favorite. I buy them to last the whole year. They should be in stores near you soon. Yes. Very excited. They're delicious. All right. So let's uh, now move on to what the people actually came for, because I'm sure none of them gave a rat's ass about uh, pumpkin. They should. They should. Everybody should care about pumpkin. Pumpkin means fall, and fall is the best time of the year. I agree. Yesterday, I wore my buffalo plaid pants with my buffalo plaid shoes, but I was really upset because I couldn't find my buffalo plaid Sherpa. Ooh, that is it. I saw a buffalo plaid dress today, and I almost bought it for you. I have a buffalo plaid dress. Yeah, but this one was really cute. It had pockets. Mine's really cute, too, but thank you. Okay, but it doesn't have pockets. And yours is like a... It's a t-shirt dress. Like a cottony? Yeah, like a t-shirt dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't look, it was really cute. It was at Walmart. I was going to get it for you, but... You decided you hated me? I, I didn't. It. Well, no, I didn't decide I hated you. I wasn't sure what size you would need. I don't feel comfortable discussing that on the podcast, so we'll talk about that later. Well, I didn't expect you to, but okay. I also bought a new sweatshirt. It's a pretty, like, dusty blue. Ooh. You can make me a new Weekly Dose of Wicked sweatshirt on. That's fun. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Moving along to what the people came for. I've got to start off by telling you. Okay. So, first of all, I just want to let you know, my next two episodes, like, you better bring your game. Because these episodes blow your mind. Like, I'm telling you. These are some damn good episodes. I mean, like, damn good cases. I feel really cocky to be like, ha these murder cases are great. <laughs> but I mean, like, these are some interesting freaking cases. So I hope you've got something good for your next episode. Because this one and my next one, mind blown. Okay. Well, we might be disappointed. That's okay. But we'll see. I'll carry us both. Okay. Okay, so I was going to do the case that you requested, but I decided not to. Because I'm going to do that next. Um, this case, though, plays off of our last episode when you were unprepared and you didn't know what felony murder meant. Okay, that is rude. That's <laughs> not rude, you were. <laughs> okay, so on my research of felony murder after the podcast, because I was still intrigued by it, I came across this case. And so that is why I did this one first, because it goes with our next case. I mean, with our- I was talking hype all day about this case that I couldn't wait to hear tonight. I'm really sorry. The case I requested. <laughs> so sorry. Jenny was like, oh, what are you recording tonight? And I was like, well, we're recording two episodes. I was telling her about my case. And then I was like, and then guess what case Sierra's doing? I told her briefly about it. And I was like, you've got to listen to it next week. And she was like, I'm so excited. It sounds so good. Okay, but Ashley, this episode is equally as good. And you're going to love it. I'm telling you. <sighs> okay. I'm telling you, it's a good, it's a good freaking case. And it plays off of the last episode. I just figured it made more sense to do this one first. Okay, okay. You're forgiven this time. Okay, thank you. Okay, so anyway, I was looking into felony murder. I came across this case. Blew my freaking mind. I had to share it with you. So we're just going to jump into it. I'm not sure what we're going to name this episode because I don't know. I mean, there's, a, there's an obvious victim here. And then there's someone else that depending on your views, could be the victim. So we'll have to discuss that together and figure out what we're going to name it. Okay, we're just going to jump into it. So on January 16th, 2009, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ooh, I know how much you love Chattanooga. I do love Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Linda Bonner arrived home from work around 5 p.m. to find her 68-year-old husband, Franklin Bonner, better known as Cookie, with a K. Why are you making that face? A really super weird name way to spell cookie it's a weird name and it's a weird way to spell it okay okay well anyway cookie with a k um 
Oh, now I lost my place because you interrupted me. I didn't interrupt you. You interrupted yourself. Because you make face. faces. That's just, I can't control them. My face okay. just does what okay. it wants. All right. So anyway, uh, Linda Bonner returned, arrived home from work around 5 p.m. to find her 68-year-old husband, Franklin Bonner, better known as Cookie with a K, duct taped to a chair and lifeless. Cookie. Yeah, poor Cookie. So that's what I'm saying. Cookie's obviously the victim here. I mean, he's obviously a victim, but there could be another victim. We'll have to see. Okay. Not only was Cookie duct taped to the chair, but he also had duct tape over both his mouth and his nose, which obviously extremely stupid because that's going to kill him. I mean, I guess that was their point, but. So while there were signs of blunt force trauma to Cookie's body, the medical examiner determined his cause of death was in fact suffocation. It would appear as though Cookie's death was the result of a robbery gone wrong as the home was ransacked. Uh, but unfortunately, this case really just went cold and remained stagnant for many years. There was some evidence in the case, uh, but there just never was enough to warrant any arrest. So, yeah, nothing really happened with it. Um, that is until 2017, when Angel Bumpus was arrested for failure to appear for a speeding ticket in Kentucky. Uh, at this time, Angel was 22. Upon being booked, Angel's fingerprints were taken and entered into a fingerprint database. Uh, I'm assuming that this would be APHIS. I would assume so. I don't know if there's any other. I mean, I don't think there's any other fingerprint database. But it didn't specify. But, I mean, I would assume that that would be the FBI's fingerprint database. Uh, regardless, whatever, her prints were added. Um, and they received a hit on her prints. They matched fingerprints that were taken off of the duct tape that was found at the scene of Franklin Bonner's murder. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, so Angel was arrested on felony murder charges. <laughs> Just to clarify, felony murder is when a death occurs while you're committing a violent felony, such as robbery or aggravated assault. Thank you for the clarification. You're very welcome. So Angel's home life was rough as a child. But despite that, she was a good student and she always stayed out of trouble. At the time of... Franklin's. Did I leave out how old she was? Because I definitely thought that I put it in here. I did not hear that. I know, but I thought I put it right there. Maybe I put it later on. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, so at this time, Angel's 22 years old. At the time of Franklin Bonner's murder, when her prince would have been on the duct tape, she was just 13. Oh, that's little to be committing murders. Exactly. So anyway, moving on. Um, her home life at that time was rough. Uh, but despite that, she was a good student, and she stayed out of trouble. At the time of Cookie's murder, Angel lived with her grandparents. Uh, her mother was incarcerated, and her father was not in her life. Actually, multiple members of Angel's family were incarcerated at one point or another, um, including her grandmother that she lived in. She had done some time in jail. And her two brothers were also incarcerated, for sure. It also said, like, some uncles. One of her other uncles was, like, murdered for, like, gang-related stuff, whatever. Like, she did not have a great childhood by any means. Um, Angel said that living with her grandparents, she never really felt loved, that they weren't abusive. They just weren't warm and loving people. She said her childhood was weird. She never recalls her grandparents telling her that they loved her um, or them like tucking her in at night. They just didn't do very loving things. So she said when she reached a certain age, her main goal was just to get out of there. She didn't want to be there. She wanted to be out on her own. She ended up moving to Kentucky when she was just 16. Despite her less than desirable upbringing, Angel really does appear to have a good head on her shoulders. Uh, I couldn't find an explanation as to why she missed her court date that resulted in her arrest. But other than that, she doesn't have any other record. Um, I also think that if she had, in fact, killed Cookie when she was 13 years old, she would be smart enough not to get herself arrested for not going to court. Yes. She'd gotten away this long. Right. And it was a traffic ticket. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just like... A mistake like she didn't realize her court date or i don't know i couldn't find an explanation as to why she didn't go to court but whatever the reason may be that was her downfall um so anyway she missed her court date and they arrested her for a traffic ticket yeah it was failure to appear okay well i forgot to appear once i didn't get arrested you probably realized it yeah i did like a week later and called the da right you have to take care of it pretty quickly and said i'm so sorry for being a piece of trash um, I mean, it also depends on the state. In North Carolina, if you have failure to appear for a traffic ticket, most of the time they just, like, suspend your license. Um, okay. So I guess it depends on the state. I don't know. Well, there was a warrant out for arrest, so they arrest her. Okay, so by 2018, Angel had two small children. Um, she had left Tennessee at 16, like I said. She was making a new life for herself in Kentucky. 
She was a student at Jefferson Community and Technical College. Uh, she had also recently been accepted into a nursing program, and it was set to start in August of 2018. Whoa, go Angel. What a badass. Yeah, so that's pretty much my next line, is that, um, like I said, she was doing things, and she was making boss moves. So it seems like she was trying to stay on a good path in her life for her kids. It really just seems like everything she did was for her kids. She just tried to give them a better life than she had. She just really tried to provide all of the necessities and go above and beyond to show them what a good life was. Trying so hard. Yeah, she was just trying really hard. Um, And uh, here's what I was looking for earlier. So at the time of Cookie's murder, Angel was just 13 years old and in the eighth grade. What a baby. Yep. Uh, she, She was also a pretty tiny little thing. So she was standing at about five feet tall and weighing only 80 pounds. Oh, wow. Itty bitty. Yeah, she's tiny. That's what I'm saying. Like she's tiny. So her grandparents' house is about two and a half miles from the crime scene, Cookie's house. Based off of the coroner's report, Cookie's time of death would have been around 4 p.m. Uh, during the trial, the prosecution theorized that Angel walked to Cookie's house because she was 13, so obviously she didn't drive there. Right. It was kind of like a, I don't know, I don't know if they had buses. I mean, So it said that she rode the school bus to and from school. And that her defense did check with the school. And they said that the earliest her bus would have dropped her off would have been 245. So I don't know if that's based off of like distance from the school, if she was the first stop, what? But they said 245 was when she would have been dropped off the bus. So obviously there's a lot of factors that play into like how long it takes to walk two and a half miles. Um, Some sources said that you could walk two and a half miles in half an hour if you walk briskly. I don't walk. She's also short. She has short little legs. Yeah, but I also don't walk. So I don't know. How long was it? It was two and a half miles. Well, when I was in college, I lived 0.9 miles Mm -hmm. from the college. Okay. And I was a broke bitch, so I didn't pay for a parking pass, so I walked to college every day. Okay. And that took me 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the light, because I had to cross a major road. And it was almost a mile. It was almost a mile. So... And it took me 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm 5'4", so I'm not much taller than her. So we probably have about the same length of legs. Okay, so what would you suggest then? 0.9 miles? I think like 40, 45 minutes. But you said two and a half, right? Yeah, two and a half miles. Like 45, 50 probably, I would say. Okay, so obviously different factors play into this. Um, I'm not an expert though, so that means nothing, I guess. I'm not either, but what I did is I put in the dollar general <laughs> into my navigation. <laughs> okay. It's not, the dollar general is two and a half miles from my house. Okay. So I put Dollar General into my navigation app in my phone, and I put in there walking like to see how long it would take. And my phone said it would take me 56 minutes to walk that distance. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, my phone's smarter than I am. So I don't know if that means it would take me 56 minutes because I'm lazy and I don't walk that much. Right. So it thinks I'd be slow. Maybe. Or if it just means the general person would take 56 minutes. I don't know. I mean, I think your phone learns. Where's my phone at? I have no idea. So I'll continue while you're searching that really quick. Other sources I found said that the average walking speed is about two and a half miles per hour. So if that's the case, then it would take you an hour to walk two and a half miles. Right. Hmm. When doesn't even let me put in walking directions? What the heck? Are you using Waze or Maps? Maps. Oh, well, how far is it? 1.3 miles. Oh, never mind. I'm just an idiot. Well, mine says it would take me 28 minutes to walk 1.3 miles. So that'd be about an hour to walk 2.6. Yeah. So, Okay. So about an hour, whatever. Pretty much all sources said about an hour, except for the one source I found that said a half an hour if you're walking briskly. No, I'm definitely thinking like 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, so if that's the case, if we say that she got off the bus at 2.45, then that means even if it took 45 minutes, the earliest she could have gotten to cookies would have been 3.30. But it's more likely it was probably 3.45, and his time of death was 4 p.m. Right. Around 4 p.m. So this little 13-year-old girl walked two and a half miles, killed a man, Right. I'd be exhausted. I'd be exhausted just after the walk. Right. <laughs> I just want to clarify. The walk would exhaust me. I'd have no energy left for the murder. <laughs> right. And to, I mean, overtake a man, put him in a chair, and duct tape him up as a right. little itty bitty girl? Like, that's crazy. But even, I mean, he's 68, but even then, I mean. I mean, yeah, but 68, I mean, that's older, but that's not, like, incompetent old. Some 68-year-olds are still very feisty. My manager at work is, like, 75. Yeah. And she works a full-time job. Yeah. She's a feisty little thing. 
Okay, right. Well, okay. Well, I mean, that's my, kind of my thoughts too. Like, I don't, th- I don't think it's very likely that she walked two and a half miles and then killed a man in fifteen to thirty minutes. No, that seems pretty crazy. But yeah, I, I agree. Let's hear the rest of her theory. The rest of my theory. It's not my theory. This is the evidence in the case. No, there. Oh, their theory. I was like, this isn't my theory. This is the evidence of the case. No, no, I said their theory. Let's hear the rest of their theory. Okay, so I got most of this. I fa- I told you I found that show. Accused and something. Accused. Innocent or guilty. So pretty much most of it is the trial. Like, that's pretty much what most of the show is. So I had to find some articles, like find something, you know, whatever. So anyway, Angel is set to be tried with a co-defendant, Mallory Vaughn, which to me was kind of crazy. So they're having like a trial for the two of them together. Mm-hmm. So Mallory Vaughn. His name's not Mallory Vaughn. <laughs> not his name. Hold on. What? <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Hold on a second. It's not it's not Mallory Vaughn because there's no N. So is it just like Mallory Vaughn? No, it is. I just didn't put the N on it. Okay. I just put his name in there multiple times without the N. Never mind. So you're an idiot. Got it. His name his name is in fact Mallory Vaughn. Okay. So at the time of Cookie's death, or at the time of Cookie's murder, Mallory Vaughn was twenty-six. Mm-hmm. The only evidence they have tying Mallory Vaughn to the crime is the testimony of a jailhouse snitch, Nicholas Cheatham, who is the cousin. Clarify, Mallory Vaughn is a dude? Yes, Mallory Vaughn is in fact a dude. Okay. The only evidence they have against that is tying him to the crime is the testimony of a jailhouse snitch, Nicholas Cheatham, who is the cousin of Mallory Vaughn. You know, I hate jailhouse snitches. Snitches get stitches. Do you? Yes. They're usually liars. I don't know about in this case, because I haven't heard the whole thing, but most of the time, I feel like they're liars. I They just want attention, so they gotta mess up other people's lives. I'm just gonna sit back while you go on your rant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop. It's fine, no, I agree. I also am not a fan of jailhouse snitches, especially when they, like, take their word for gold. Right, like, and I'm not saying that you can't change, but most of the time, you know, jailhouse snitches are in jail. Therefore, they're not the most reliable people. I agree. It's pretty crazy. I agree. The theory is that Mallory and Angel went to rob Cookie together and he died as a result of their restraints, right? So the problem with that is that Angel claims that she never met Mallory. She's never even heard of him until she found out that they were being tried together. And she also claims that she's never met the victim Cookie. And also, Mallory is double her age. I agree. (laughs) I literally say that later on. Like, who's hanging out? A 13-year-old hanging out with a 26-year-old? Like, that's weird. What 26-year-old is hanging out with a 13-year-old? Right. Like, either way, it's weird. Yeah, I agree. Unless they were, like, relatives. I mean, I could see them saying this if, like, Mallory was, like, her uncle. Or... Or even, like, her cousin. Right. But, like, they're, they have no relation. Like, there's nothing tying them together. They're just friends. Right. Apparently, they're friends. Um. So she claims she's never met Mallory or Cookie. Never even heard of, of Mallory at all. Uh, when they show her pictures of the crime scene... She's like, yeah, no, I've never even seen this house. So, like, she claims that she has nothing to do with any of this. She's never seen the house. She's never seen the victim. She's never seen her co, you know, defendant. None of it. I said that way too fast. That's another issue we have. Apparently, I talk too fast. It's a very big problem for people. Apparently. Yes, you talk too fast. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so, I apologize. I'm sorry that I talk too fast. I, tr- I get excited. Fun fact. Let me just... I'm used to people talking fast. So, when I listen to my podcasts... I listen to all of my podcasts on one and a half speed. All of them. Yes. So that's like the setting in my phone. I tried to listen to our podcast the other day at one and a half speed. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) You couldn't even understand (laughs) at all. Okay. Well, sometimes I just get really excited. I need to like control my blood pressure so I don't talk so fast. Okay. So realistically, though, as we both already said, it just doesn't really seem likely that Angel committed this alone. She's 13 years old. She weighs 80 pounds. It's a full-grown 68-year-old man. It's not very likely that she duct taped him to a chair. So it also doesn't seem concrete, though, that she was involved with Mallory either. Because, like you said, he's 26. She's 13. She claims she has no idea who he is. Um, it would have been nice if they would have like asked him, maybe, and been like, hey, do you know this girl? And see what he said. But they didn't, of course. So how, what was their, like, reasoning of how they knew each other? There was no. They didn't have any. Did they give any? No, they didn't have any. They just they were friends. Hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, they're... But no know. proof that they're friends? No. Okay, makes sense. Continue. None that I could find. It was just like, yeah, you know, Angel helped her friend Mallory rob and kill this guy. Hmm. And I mean, it's not 
it's not unrealistic that she could have helped him and been like coerced because she was 13 he was 26 right but like there's no evidence to tie them together right like that's what i don't get it doesn't make any sense so other thing is on this evidence that they have there were 10 sets of fingerprints found at the scene like 10 different people none of them matched mallory there's no way in heck he taped the dude up and didn't get his fingerprints on the duck right not possible not possible so 10 sets of fingerprints Two fingerprints match angels. So I don't know. It says 10 sets, but like all of your fingers are different. So I don't know if that just means like 10 different fingers. Right. You know what I mean? But whatever. There's 10 different fingerprints. Only two of them match angel. But then it also said that nine sets were left unidentified. Maybe like there were 10 different fingerprints, but like there could have been like 30 fingerprints and two of those fingerprints were Mallory's, but 10 different types of fingerprints. None of them were Mallory's. Or, you know what I meant? I meant angels. Angels, yes. Anyway, so two fingerprints match angels. That leaves nine other sets of fingerprints that have been un- they're unidentified. They don't know who's there. Okay. So her fingerprints are on Exhibit 14 and Exhibit 18. Exhibit 14 was duct tape on the chair leg. Exhibit 18 is one of the pieces of duct tape that was used to cover Cookie's mouth. Does not look good for Angel. Um, the other issue, though, is that... Both of her fingerprints were on the sticky side of the duct tape. What does that mean? They're on the sticky side of the duct tape. So it's not like she just like picked the roll of duct tape up and there on the outside. They're on the sticky part. Right. So she would have had to put it on him. She would have had to like rip it or like have her hand on the sticky part of the duct tape, which means she would have had to unroll the duct tape. Okay. In order to get her fingerprints there. So not looking good. It's really hard to explain why. Her fingerprints would be on the sticky side of the duct tape if she wasn't there ripping the duct tape. And she says she's never been there before. Right. Hmm. So it's playing devil's advocate here. It's possible that she could have just touched that roll of duct tape that they used in the crime, like before it got there. I mean, yeah, but not if it's on the sticky side. Unless she unrolled the duct tape and then stuck it back together. Right. Like, what if she was using that roll of duct tape and she got too much? Yeah, but it was in two different places. On the chair and on his mouth. Okay, so just hear me out. Blunt force trauma on the body, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody hits him. That way he's, you know, less likely to fight back. Put him in the chair. They duct tape his mouth first. Because he's being loud and they don't want to, you know, have a racket. They don't want him yelling. Duct tape his mouth. And then they start duct taping his leg to the chair. Because it was on the leg of the chair. Yeah. So, it very well could have been that first section of duct tape. Yeah, but I mean, how much are you taking off a roll of duct tape at a time? I mean, the roll, the piece on his mouth was like this big. Okay. So, say that she, like, unrolled, I don't know, a piece. I mean, she's 13 years old. Okay, I guess. Maybe she doesn't know how to use duct tape. I also, on occasion, have unrolled way too much tape. I mean, I have two, but not, like, a whole roll worth. I don't think that she, I don't think that anyone's arguing that she had a whole roll. I think that they're arguing that she very well could have done a section like this. Yeah, and then it, like, can, okay, I guess, take it You know what I mean? And then put it back on, and then they took off, you know. I, I keep, like, doing hand signals. People can't see my hands. Okay, so say that she unrolls a 10-inch section of duct tape. I mean, like, this is probably 10 inches. Right. So she's unrolling, and she's like, oh, I need some duct tape. And she unrolls 10 inches. She's like, oh, that's way too much. Roll it back up. Get the little piece she needs. Whatever. But now her fingerprints are all over all 10 inches of that duct tape because she rolled it back up with her fingers. Right. And it's on the sticky side. So it's not going anywhere. It's now stuck in that duct tape. Right. So then, whatever, someone gets this duct tape. We don't know how the heck it got to cookies, but whatever. She's got this duct tape. She unrolls it. Um, Then let's say that they cover cookie's mouth. The piece on cookie's mouth was only like three inches. So then that first three inches goes on his mouth. That's her first fingerprint. Then they go for the leg. That's the next, you know, five, six inches, which also have her fingerprints on. I suppose that makes sense. To me, that makes perfect sense. Sounds to me like you think Angel's guilty. I don't know yet. I mean, it's kind of weird since she's never been to this house. Right. But I don't know. Maybe whoever robbed Cookie brought the duct tape from somewhere else. They brought it with them from somewhere where she would have touched the duct tape. She does have a family of criminals. Exactly. During her attorney's investigation, they talked to Angel's grandparents. And this is where the case takes an interesting turn. So Angel's grandmother, Shirley Bumpus, was actually a suspect in the original investigation. She was the last known person to talk to Cookie prior to his death. Hmm. There are phone records that show that she called Cookie 
And she did originally admit to this. Interesting. Cookie and his wife both dealt drugs, predominantly marijuana, devil's lettuce, Mary Jane. Shirley had called Cookie, hoping to get some marijuana from him the day that he died. She was likely the last person to speak to him. I think the phone call was at around like 2.30 or 2, 2.30, something like that. The problem is, is now that it's been nine years, she denies that she was the last person to talk to him. Anytime she's asked, she says she doesn't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. They even have caller ID evidence that has the phone number. And they're like, you know, her attorney's like, hey, if they show you the caller ID, are you going to be able to say like, yeah, that was my phone number? And she's like, no, I don't recall. I don't recall my phone number nine years ago. I don't know what my phone number was then. I mean, devil's advocate, I don't remember my phone number nine years ago. Do you think that you would remember your phone number nine years ago if you were a suspect in a murder investigation and they asked you if you were the last person to speak to him and you admitted to it? I mean. Maybe. I don't know that making me in a murder investigation makes me remember my phone number if I don't remember it. I think that I think that if I admitted to being the last person to speak to a dead guy, I would recall saying that. I mean, yeah, you would think so. But I'm just saying my phone, the phone number thing. Okay, well, she doesn't recall any of it. I don't remember my phone number from nine years ago. Um, It was... S- I mean, my cell phone number? Seven. <laughs> I'm not talking about my cell phone number. My cell phone number has always been the same. <laughs> Thank you. Edit that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about like our house phone. Like we didn't even have a fucking house phone nine years ago. Sure we did. No, we didn't. Actually, we haven't had a house. I can't even tell you. When was the last time we had a house phone? When we lived in Lincoln. We didn't live in Lincoln nine years ago. Well, when did we live there? Nine years ago. I was 21 years old. Okay. We didn't live in Lincoln when I was 21. We lived in Lincoln when I was 16. Okay, whatever. So again, no. I don't remember your phone number nine years ago. Do you? I do. Yeah. What what was it? I don't believe you. 100% because it's my Walgreens login card number. (laughs) So whoever has my phone number now, sorry, you can never use Walgreens. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't remember my last house phone number. Okay, well, moving on. You can play devil's advocate for that baby back bitch, but. Don't call me a baby back bitch. No, I was calling Shirley Bumpus a baby back bitch. Oh, Shirley Bumpus is a baby back bitch, yes. <laughs> moving on. Okay, moving on. Uh, the really frustrating thing is, though, is, like, they put her on the stand at the trial, and even on the stand, like, every question they asked her, she's like, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. And it's her granddaughter's trial, right? Right. Like, what a shit grandmother. Right, she's a baby back bitch, I'm telling you. Like, she is the worst person ever. Literally the worst person ever. Not, not the worst person ever. There's worse people. Ted Bundy, Willie Pickton, you know, whatever. But, I mean. Great serial killer. Yeah. Dahmer. Yeah. She's a piece of crap. Okay. So, whatever. Moving on. It just really infuriated me when she was on the trial. And she's like, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. Like, I wanted to just slap her. And Angel was mad about it, too. Like, she said, you know, she was mad at her attorneys. She was like, I asked them to object. Like, I don't want them to be nice to her. I want them to fight for me. I need to be with my kids. And, like, the fact that they're, like, playing nice to my grandma is making me mad because they need to object. Like, she's lying on the stand. Right. And, like, what kind of a grandma lies in her granddaughter's trial? Right. Like, a guilty grandma. A trash bag. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, whatever. So, another interesting thing that comes out during the attorney's investigation is that Angel's grandfather, his name was Bayless, he did maintenance work for Cookie. And he said that he would go to Cookie's house sometimes twice a week and he always thought that it was very possible that the duct tape that was used in that crime was actually his duct tape Mm, that makes sense it does he said it was very possible that he could have left a roll of duct tape there from his own garage he said that he kept all of his maintenance supplies in the garage and that angel very regularly would mess around in the garage so she could have easily touched the tape there i think that that's very likely good job for telling the truth Yeah, her grandfather was very helpful. So he said, you know, maybe he even said, like, maybe she used it. She got too much. So she rolled it back up. Um, But in the process, she got her prints on the sticky side of that tape. So her grandfather, Bayless, stand up dude. Very tried, very much tried to help her. Uh, Shirley Bumpus. Baby back bitch. I hope someone pees in your Cheerios. Definitely. About two weeks before the trial, the state enters new evidence, which is a recorded phone call between two of Angel's brothers. Because, again, they're both incarcerated. They record all of those conversations. Right. 
so the one brother says, like, he picks up, he's like, hey, man, have you heard about Angel? And the other one's like, nah, what's going on? And they go back and forth. Um, this is obviously, this is exactly how it went down. No, this is me paraphrasing it. The one brother's like, yeah, they're trying to get her on murder charges from nine years ago. Nine years ago, she was 13. The other brother's like, uh-oh. And he's like, think about it, man. Nine years ago. Think hard. A little sketch. Yeah. So this conversation has Angel's attorneys as well as me, myself, thinking that they probably have an idea of what happened to Cookie. Right. I mean, they don't blame Angel, but like the way that they are talking makes it seem like they might know who did. I mean, who killed Cookie, you know? Right. So kind of sketchy, but whatever. It doesn't matter because that evidence gets thrown out. It's hearsay. They can't use that in the trial. So it doesn't really matter. But still hearing that conversation, I was like, oh, like that doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't like that. No. So Angel's attorney tell her that it's very possible that her grandmother had something to do with this. And they're like, you know what? Like it's at this point when they're having this conversation, it's literally days before the trial. They're like, if you know anything that you need to tell us, now's your chance. Because if you can give us anything to take the blame off of you, they're going to let you go. But like, you have to help us here. And Angel's, I mean, she insists. She's like, I have no idea what happened to Cookie. I do not know who Cookie is. I've never met Cookie. And she says, my grandmother and I don't get along. We were never close. Like if she had a big secret, I would not be the person she would tell. She never would have confided that information in me. Right. Which, I mean, seems pretty true. So she's like, listen, if I had anything to give you, I would. And then at this point, her attorney's like, you know, we really need to discuss. Like, we might want to go ahead and get power of attorney in order. Like, have you thought about where your kids are going to go if you're convicted of this? Because, like, if you're convicted, you're going into custody. You got to figure out where your kids are going. And Angel gets, you know, emotional at this point because everything she does is for her kids. Right. She's a good mom. Unlike her grandma. Unlike her grandma and her own mother who's in prison. Her mother was in prison for, like... 30 it it did like a little clip on her mom her mom was in prison for like 30 charges one of which involved like shooting a police officer and stealing his truck gosh yeah if i if i understood that correctly i might just be spreading false rumors about angel's mother that kind of sounded like goofy didn't it oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just thought that yeah it was crazy it was like she was convicted on all 30 counts one of which was like stealing a truck and shooting a police officer yeah crazy once the trial actually does begin Angel is like talking about she's kind of reluctant to take the stand. She is fearful to take the stand because she's no longer a 13 year old little girl. And she's just concerned that if she does testify, then the jury's going to see her as a grown woman. Like she's 22 now. I mean, I think at this point she's 23. It's been 10 years. Right. So like she's not 13 anymore. She's not the baby that they're trying to convict. Right. She's no longer the baby they're trying to convict. She's a grown woman and she's concerned that the jury's not going to take her as the child that she was, you know, 10 years ago. So she's just really not sure whether it's going to help her or hurt her to take the stand at this point. It's also really common for people on trial for violent crimes not to testify. I don't know if you know that or not. Did not. Yeah. So it's actually pretty common. So, and it's okay. Like they don't have to, they're covered by their fifth amendment rights. So anyway, she's really torn. The trial goes on as you know, most of the trials do. Uh, They call Linda Bonner, Cookie's wife to the stand she testifies. She gives a really heart-wrenching recount of what happened, as I would imagine she would. Um, you can see, like, Angel's attorneys are both, she has two attorneys, a man and a woman, they're both affected by this testimony. Like, you can see, like, they feel empathy and they feel, you know, sorrow for Linda and her loss. Um, but this really bothered me because when Linda is testifying, Angel is like looking at the ground and her face, she just looks annoyed. And that really had me torn because I get being annoyed. Like, okay, this is really obvious. There's a voiceover as like, this is going on like in the show. And it's, and Angel says, I feel bad for her, but I feel worse for myself. (laughs) She's like, I don't even understand why I'm here. So I get it. Like I get why she's annoyed by this entire situation. If, in fact, she's innocent. Right. If she had nothing to do with it, like, I understand why she's annoyed. She's been dealing with this for a year. It's, like, ruined her life. She, you know, I don't think I mentioned it before, but she lives in Kentucky now. Right. So she has to drive 300 miles one way to meet with her lawyers, to meet for anything court-related. Like, she has to drive five hours one way. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. So I get it. It's annoying. I mean, I totally get that. And I'm sure, like, if she had nothing to do with it, she 100% gets to be annoyed. But... 
I don't think that her body language or like her tone did anything for her. Like, I think if anything, it just showed her lack of empathy for Linda and like her attorneys warned her before the trial started that the jury is going to be watching her just like to see her reaction to things and that she needed to play the part of, you know, an innocent 13 year old girl. And like, she needed to act disturbed by this crime. And I just don't think that she comes off that way. Like if anything, she kind of comes off as guilty and not remorseful. That's not doing her any good. No, no. Um, And it also really just didn't sit well with me when she's on trial for the murder of a man, but says, I feel worse for myself than the victim's wife. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. I mean, obviously, like, the jury never heard her say that, but I just thought it was really distasteful. It was a really distasteful thing to say. Right. So up until this point, I was like, angel girl, oh my gosh, like, oh, like, I was so, like, but then, like, when this, when the trial started and I just saw, like, the way that she was towards... Like Linda, I was like, ooh, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't look good for you, girl. Well, that's the whole point of the show, right? Is you're supposed to be figuring out yourself if they're guilty or not. I mean, I think you're just supposed to be figuring out for yourself, like if they're going to be found guilty or innocent. Oh, oh, so they end up telling you at the end. Yeah, they tell you for sure. I mean, the trial finishes; it tells you. Okay, you thought I was just going to leave you hanging, not knowing what the outcome was of the trial? Okay, never mind. Stupid statement. I would never do you that way. I appreciate it. Um, so the next person they call to the stand after Linda Bonner is Elizabeth Reed. She is a forensic scientist for the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. She gives her professional testimony on that duct tape. And this is the first time that the jury's heard about this duct tape evidence. So she explains that Angel's fingerprints were found on the sticky side, the adhesive side of the duct tape. Right. So at this point, Angel's attorneys are like, yeah, this was a really hard part of the trial because you could hear the jury, like, moan, like, ugh, oh, like, thinking that, she, like, she had to be there to get her fingerprints on the sticky side. Like, you can hear, like, they're not pleased with this evidence. Right, right. So Angel's attorneys counter back with, they ask her, like, there's no way of knowing when the prints were put on the duct tape, right? And she's like, no, like, there's no way of knowing the time frame. Um, and then one of Angel's attorneys actually goes as far as to show the jury, like, what it would look like if she got too much duct tape and then had to roll it back up. And her fingerprints were all over that duct tape from having to roll it back up. Right. They also, her defense also really hones in on the other nine sets of prints that were on the duct tape and how those are all unidentified. She clearly didn't do this alone or even at all. I mean, there's 10 sets of fingerprints on the duct tape. Right. That's a lot of fingerprints. Yeah. They bring in Carl Fields, who is the original investigator on the case. He testifies on Shirley Bumpus being the last one to speak to Cookie. They do call Shirley Bumpus to the stand. And she just freaking crashes the whole freaking case. I mean, it's awful. Like, she's on the stand. Like I already said, she freaking just denies everything. Like, every question they ask her, she's, I don't recall. Were you the last one to speak to Cookie? I don't recall. Did you admit to being the last one to speak to Cookie? I don't recall. Uh, was this your phone number on the caller ID? I don't recall. Did you buy marijuana from Cookie in the past? I don't recall. Like every single question they ask, she, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. And Angel, it, it just doesn't look good for Angel. Like it just really makes it look like maybe her grandmother's lying for her. Right. And the fact that she's now denying all of this is really just drawing more attention to this information in the first place. Right. So um, Angel does not end up testifying. She wanted to. But her attorneys strongly advised her against it, especially after her grandmother's testimony. They call Angel's grandfather to the stand to testify, and he tells them, you know, he did maintenance for Cookie. He owns up to the, the possibility that the duct tape could very well have come from his house. He says that Angel used to love to do arts and crafts. She's a lot of time in the garage at their house growing up. He said it's perfectly possible that she touched that duct tape at their house, and then he transported it to the crime scene himself. He could have taken it there. He could have left it there. Whoever came in and, you know, restrained Cookie, used the duct tape that he brought there himself. Like, her grandfather, King. Like, he does MVP. He does everything he can to try and help his granddaughter. Uh, Shirley Bumpus, trash. <laughs> uh, so, they don't really show a lot of Mallory's portion of the trial. But they did show where they brought um, the jailhouse snitch, Nicholas Cheatham on to the stand 
And he tells them Mallory bragged to him about how he was going to kill Cookie before it happened. And then he bragged him again. Or after Cookie was dead, he said that he had done it and he duct taped him to a chair. Uh, he made no mention of a female accomplice in his testimony. And the prosecution closes their argument. So that's it. That's all they have on Mallory is the jailhouse snitch. The only evidence that they present in court is the jailhouse snitch on Mallory and the duct tape on Angel. Like, that's the only thing. That call from her brothers got thrown out. The jury never saw that. Right. So the prosecution rests their case. They do their closing argument. And they say Angel Bumpus helped her friend Mallory Vaughn commit this crime. And we want you to find, you know, the both guilty. That's our hope here. And I put here, to me, I just think that that's crazy. Mallory was 26 and Angel was 13. They were not friends. And if they were friends, then we already know, like, somebody wasn't doing their job watching her as a child. 13-year-olds have no business being friends with 26-year-olds. No. 13-year-olds and 26-year-olds do not want the same things. No, not at all. They're not even in the same planet. No. So... Whatever. At this point, the jury either has to find... I mean, really, they either have to find Mallory or Angel guilty. Because it's not likely that they committed the crime together. Right. Possible that either one of them did it by themselves, but, like, it's not likely that they did it together. They don't even claim to know each other. And Angel's 13 and 80 pounds. I don't think that she overpowered a grown man. It doesn't really make sense to me, but... No. So, what is your guess? Do you want to guess before I read the verdicts and move on? I mean, it kind of sounds to me that neither of them are guilty. Okay. I mean, I just don't see how there's any evidence on either one of them. A jailhouse snitch is not... Right, if a phone call between her brothers in prison is hearsay, then I think a jailhouse snitch should be hearsay as well. 100% hearsay. Yeah. But it's not, unfortunately. I mean, we know that jailhouse snitches are used all the time. Yeah, I don't get it at all. I don't get it either. But, okay, so I'll go ahead and read you the verdict. The jury deliberated for about four and a half hours. Um, they find Mallory Vaughn not guilty. And are you ready to scream? Angel's guilty. Are you ready to freaking scream? Because when I was watching this, like, my heart is racing right now. <laughs> on December 3rd of 2019, Angel Bompas is found guilty on both charges. How? Uh, the charges are first-degree felony murder and attempt to commit especially aggravated robbery. When I tell you my stomach was in my, I mean, oh my God. In my butt, in my heart, I don't even know. All of my organs were messed up. They're all in the wrong places. <laughs> they were all, I was sick to my freaking stomach when they read this because I know that this is real life. This is not, I mean, it's on a TV show, but it's real life. Right. She is never, I mean, her kids, she's not going to see them. Her kids, never again. Like, that's it. How many years she's done. did she get? Oh, we're getting there. Hold on. Okay. So at this point, Angel loses it. She walks over to the bailiff. And puts her hands behind her back for them to cuff her. And her her attorney's like, just, hey, hold on. Like, they're not done. Hold on a second. And Angel loses it. She just starts yelling. She's like, I I don't want to be here. Like, get me out of here. I'm never going to see my effing kids again. This is crazy. Like, she's crying. I mean, she loses it. Rightfully so. But I mean, yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone lose it like that in a courtroom. (laughs) Most of the time when people are found guilty and they're innocent, it's just like shock and disbelief. No, like, she was pissed. I mean, yeah, I'd be pissed, too. I don't blame her, but, like, ugh. I'd probably be on the fetal position hyperventilating. Right. I mean, right. I'd be pissed also. So, Angel was sentenced to 60 years in prison. What? Yeah, she was sentenced to 60 years in prison. She will be eligible for parole in 2070. That is crazy. Yeah. Freaking insane. Okay, so I looked into it. I did mispronounce a word. In our first episode. So I'm going to pronounce it properly this time. Um, If I ever mispronounce a word on our podcast, guys, it's because I learned most of my large vocabulary from reading. So I've never heard people actually pronounce the words. And Ashley is the same. We had a whole discussion about it. So. Yes. um, She did apply for an appeal through the appellate court. That's the proper pronunciation. Of appeals. That's what we're going to call it from here on out. No, I know how to say it now. Appellate. No, I'm still going to call it the Court of Appeals. That's fine. You also mispronounced it the same way, though. Yeah. How did I pronounce it? Appellate. Appellate. The Appellate Court. No, it's Appellate. Appellate Court. So she applied for an appeal, and um, 
as far as I can find, she hasn't had a court date yet with them because it keeps getting postponed. Why? I don't know, but I'm, I mean, I tried, like I was researching it before we got on here, just trying to see if I could find it. And there's a lot of pages on like justice for Angel Bumpus, um, Angel Bumpus daughters. Where are they now? Appeal for Angel Bumpus. Like there's a lot of like websites, but I can't find any information that shows that she um, actually got a court date. But I don't know. It says that due to COVID-19 pandemic that they just keep like pushing back her court date. That sucks. How old are her kids now? Mm, I'm not sure. Because I couldn't actually find... Did you find where they go? Where they went? I didn't look into it. I was hoping not with her grandma. I can't imagine. She did like a whatever before she went, like a power of attorney. I can't imagine she gave her grandmother her children. So this like says there's currently a change.org petition seeking support in Angel's appeal process, which I did find that too. According to the change.org petition... Only 12 of 150 ridges of your fingerprint have to match for them to determine it's a match, which to me is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So it could be wrong. Cuckoo bananas. 100%. I also found uh, there was somewhere that like the attorneys that Angel had have also, they also were the attorneys for another person who was convicted of like a violent crime and then come to find out that person was innocent. They found like DNA evidence. They ended up, you know, being released. Yeah. So a lot of people... Blame her attorneys. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy, though, right? That was a good case, though. I mean, like, that was a crazy case. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Not, I really thought that they would both just be, like, thrown out because... Innocent and move it on. It was stupid. Stupid evidence. I, I mean, I agree. And when I heard, like, when she said... So they didn't say this. It was, like, on the screen in the end, like, the reading. And it was, like, Angel Bumpus was sentenced to 60 years in prison. She'll be eligible for parole in 2070. I was, like... Oh my god! Like my mother heart, I it broke. Like I was just like, oh my god, she's. I mean, sixty years. Her children will be grandparents by the time she gets out. Yeah, crazy, freaking insane. Her next court date is January seventh of twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty two. Uh, well, January of twenty twenty two is gone. Oh, that's now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I found that one, but I couldn't find any resolution. Hmm. I can't find an updated court date. I was trying to find what happened to her kids, but I can't find that either. Oh, August 19th of 2022. It's in two days. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. This is Concerned Citizens for Justice. It says, this is a Facebook page. Um, Update, next court hearing, August 19th, 2022. CCJ is in communication with the family about next steps that community members can take to show solidarity in this ongoing fight to hashtag free Angel Bumpus. And it's got like her whole story. Uh, She is going to hopefully appeal for and get a new trial. Well, I hope so. Justice for Angel. I really hope that she gets a new trial. I just don't understand how they convict people with, like, no evidence. Yes, I agree. And, like, what kind of an idiotic jury thinks that that even makes logical sense? I just can't imagine 12 people all thinking that makes sense. I could see one. Right. I could see 11. But, like, I can't imagine 12 people. And they only deliberated for four and a half hours. Like, I could even see them being like, I'm freaking sick and tired of this. It's been 72 days. Right. But, like, it had been four hours. I think in most cases, I'm like, how do 12 people agree on the same thing? Some of them I feel like are, I don't know. I mean, we also don't see the whole case. I don't know. It's insane. But anyway, all right. Well, that's all I got. Pretty crazy. It is insane. That's all I've got, though. So we'll you'll have to do an update. Huh? You'll have to do an update after her yeah. appeal. Yeah. Next episode, maybe, since it's in two days. Oh, well, we're already recording next episode. It'll be a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a few weeks. If it gets released that early. Might not. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our three tiers at the $5 level. We've got the moderately wicked for $7 a month. We've got the awesomely wicked And for all of those high rollers, big ballers out there, we got the $10 level, the extraordinarily wicked. As a member of our Patreon, you are entitled to bonus episodes. Uh, You also get a one-time shout-out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over. Join our fan club. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones for a direct feed of our podcast please go to 
www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news. You can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts. That's right, folks. We are big time. You can now hear your weekly dose of Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, and Podfriend. The only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora. So we'll let you know when that happens. In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your weekly, weekly dose, dose of, of wicked. wicked. But I'm. Um,